what I could see is that um, a lot of people in the countries for MedInfo were struggling when they would receive a very complex inquiry. They needed to be able to research the answer and provide the information back to their, their physician, a healthcare professional, um, and it could take them a long time. They'd have to look right into the research. This is HPG Engage, the podcast. On our podcast, we'll give you an insight into the minds and professional experiences of thought leaders in Australia within the healthcare space. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking to Jane Morallo. Jane has an impressive career in medical information, which spans over 20 years, and was previously the global head of medical information at Bayer, one of the largest pharmaceutical companies in the world. Jane has a bachelor and master's in natural sciences from Cambridge University, London. Not long after, she moved to Sydney to complete her PhD in virology. We find out from Jane what drew her to medical information, some of the enjoyable and challenging aspects of her role, as well as a plethora of other topics within the medical information space. Thanks Jane for coming and having a chat with us. It's going to be great to sort of share some of your insights um, with your position as Global um, Head of Medical Information at Bayer. Um, you're quite a rare candidate because you've spent 20 years at the same company being Bayer and you've done it all in the same sort of area as in drug safety and MedInfo. What was it that drew you to a career in, in that area to start with? Well, what's interesting about that was I actually didn't know that there was such a thing as medical information or drug safety before I joined the pharma industry. I'd never had any other idea about the pharma industry except for a sales rep job. And then I just happened to be uh, speaking to a, a career consultant um, when I'd gone for an, a different job. And they said, you know, there's this area in the pharma company called medical affairs and people with your kind of background work there and, and they provide information about medicines and you, you might find that interesting. Um, and it was basically the following week that I saw the, the job at Bayer advertised. So it was, it was kind of a serendipity of, of circumstances, I guess. You mentioned that a career consultant helped you make that decision by obviously making you aware of this mm. whole industry you didn't know about. Have you been able to do the same for anyone else? I have since I've been working in the area and I've, of course, understood all of the different parts of medical affairs and, and regulatory affairs, clinical research and so on. Since then, I've then been able to yeah, speak to quite a lot of people that I've come across in my, in my life um, to sort of say, look, these things are here. This is what a person with your background could do in the pharma industry. These kind of jobs exist. This is the kind of work that it involves. And I've been able to at least give them the background of, of what, what might exist within the pharma industry, which is actually not very easy to find out from the outside. So mm. yeah, I've been able to do that. Absolutely, that's very true. And what's the interaction between the departments? How do they sort of relate to each other in terms of you know, MSLs, medical managers, and then you've obviously got PB and or drug safety and med info. Mm. How do they relate? It's very important that those relationships are really nurtured and developed because in a company, you really need all of the functions to work together really well to, to really get the best um, in terms of your business objectives and, and the outcomes you're looking for. And MedInfo sort of sits, and, and PV as well, it sits within a quite 
um, central spot because you're receiving a lot of information from the outside world and you're also interacting with all of the departments within the company you really have a unique position of, um, of being able to guide and give advice and give feedback so, so for someone who is maybe looking to enter in as a as an entry-level candidate maybe yeah. a pharmacist background mm -hmm. um, what would the average day of a MedInfo associate look like the thing about MedInfo that's very unique about it is the difference, different types of customers that you would speak to. So you might, um, first of all, get a call from a, a high-level oncologist asking very specific questions about how to use a, an oncology uh, drug, perhaps in combination with others that are on the market, um, or perhaps even asking you off-label information about a particular patient group that they want to treat. Um, which would need a lot of um, in-depth knowledge and you'd need to be able to speak at that level um, of that health professional to be able to give the information back at the level that they're asking. So you, you have to keep in mind a lot of things. You have to think of your internal processes. You have to think about um, asking the right questions when you receive a, a call or, or something from a customer. You have to think, is there an underlying issue here that isn't actually being talked about, but perhaps that's the reason why that person has called. So it's really to kind of be able to tease out the right information coming um, so that you can then give the, the person what they need back. It's about getting the right information to the right person at the right time. And, and obviously for working in a big company like Bay, it would have a very large portfolio. There's an enormous amount of products that you would need to be an expert in. And like you say, to varying degrees. So how much research would they actually do in a day to stay up to date with all of all of the changes in industry legislation mm -hmm. and also, you know, scientifically. So there's there would be quite a lot of um, need to keep certainly keep on on top of um, any label changes that are coming through from regulatory affairs. Um, you definitely need to know of new indications and things like that. Um, those would be top of mind. But also, you need to be able to. As a, as a as you wouldn't necessarily need to be an expert in every single product, but you would need to know the the major topics around most of the top twenty um, products that you that you sell. So there would be some research involved, and it it depends on the company. So some uh, specialization is is often uh, available within Medinfo teams where you have a more senior person and they're responsible for a portfolio or even just one product. And so what about someone who's been working in the role for a couple of years and they're sort of ready to take a step up? How What would you recommend to that person to sort of distinguish themselves from the team and be able to take a leadership position? So if they're looking to move into a leadership role, then um, usually companies would have um, some development uh, processes around that. So they would usually have some training, so sort of a, a transition to leadership type um, training or um, a transition to management type training, which would be part of the development discussion with their manager. You need to be able to discuss with your manager okay, what do I need to do to get there? What training do I need to take? Um, can I maybe take on a project where I'm, um, I'm taking the lead? That gives you the chance to show that you have those qualities and that they could be developed further if you had the right training and, and you were given the right opportunities. And what are some of the biggest challenges in the role? Well, certainly at the beginning of the role, um, learning so much information in quite a quick time. And of course, I'm not talking just about the products themselves, but also all the processes that the company expects you to follow. You need to know how to do the job, what databases to use, how to enter information and all of that. There's all that training. But then once you become confident, 
Um, it's really then just rounding out that knowledge, becoming really um, skilled at speaking to customers um, and particularly dealing with difficult customers, somebody who's asking you for something that you can't give them, some information that, that you're not able to share with them. If it's off label, you can't talk to a patient about that, for example. Um, and this can make people um, unhappy and then, then you then have to be able to deal with that. And so obviously the challenges that you would have faced at, at associate level are very different to the ones you would have faced at head of global information level. So what were the challenges like as you sort of developed in your career and eventually ended up as, as mm. the head of global medinfo for Bayer? So I think we, we touched on it before. I mean, one of the, the challenges that um, you, you can encounter as you become, say, the, the manager of MedInfo service is that um, you need to constantly be able to prove your value. You need to prove your worth to um, the people that are obviously providing your budget and your headcount. Um, you need to be able to show that you're efficient in what you're doing and that you are supporting the business in the right way. You're supporting the sales reps, you're supporting the MSLs and so forth. And of course, also the external customers themselves. Then as I was moving forward and going towards the global role, it's then the challenges of thinking about, well, how could we be more efficient as a whole across the whole company? So when I was head of Medinfo and PV in Australia, and that allowed me to then make that as an efficient service and a good service to support the business. Then when I became the global head, I was then dealing with, with 71 countries with very different headcounts, very different understanding of what Medinfo service could be like. Um, some teams which were very large, some which were shared um, across a number of different roles. And so that person's um, ability to focus on Medinfo tasks was very different from uh, a person who's sitting within a team of 15, for example. One of the biggest changes that you would have seen in your career is the, the switch from insourcing first-line inquiries mm -hmm. to outsourcing them to yeah. vendors. How did that go down, I suppose, in terms of was there resistance to it? Did it take a long time for it to implement? When we looked at doing that at Bayer, um, I was looking at it from a, a sort of a centralization perspective. So thinking about, could we have a global vendor who could provide support to more than one uh, country. Um, some countries had already outsourced themselves already, so they had taken that local decision. Um, but I was looking at it more from the perspective of, of, a, of a more global centralized vendor. Um, at first there was resistance, and I think there's often that resistance of thinking, well, I think we can do it better ourselves. But there is a tipping point where you have a high volume of inquiries and you get to that point where you're having to hire more people and it's, it becomes, it does actually become inefficient to do it all in-house mm -hmm. and outsourcing does make sense. That's probably one of the bigger changes, but what other technologies have come in, in your time? Obviously we've had a huge technolo mm -hmm. technology boom yes. over the last 20 years. How's it changed in MedInfo? We're seeing more and more that um, people want to be able to self-serve information. They want to be able to get hold of it. Um, in the evening when they're sitting at home and they've got some time um, after dinner or whatever, they'd like to get some information. So there's more of that um, needing to support the self-service of information in the right way. You're also seeing an increase in things like um, chatbots. So at the moment you'll see if you want to go and buy an appliance, you'll see there's always a little chat window in the corner of their website. Now there's, this, there's a push now to have the similar type of thing for MedInfo where you could sort of have um, you know, how can I help you? And 
and say, well, I've got a question about product A, and then they say, okay, well, how can I help? So this can actually be automated quite successfully to a, to a certain level. And this is something that's being explored by quite a lot of companies right now. Mm. You, you talk about automation, obviously that's stemming from AI. Mm. How, how far do you think we can go with AI and what do you see mm. happening in the future? I think AI is really interesting, particularly in terms of the analysis of, of incoming inquiries. There's a lot of information that we have in our databases in the various companies which has been logged and documented but it's quite difficult to, to get to in terms of it might be a, in a free text form, for example, or it might be in an attachment, which is hard to actually then get to in terms of, of being able to analyze it. It's not a structured field. So your average um, dashboard in MicroStrategies, for example, won't be able to pick that information up. You need a way of, of analyzing the text. So we're seeing a lot of projects in, in different pharma companies trying to delve into the free text, trying to see how can we analyze that information? Can we really understand patterns in inquiries over and above what you can get from structured data? What was your proudest achievement in your time at Bayer? Well, I, 20 years, it's a, it's a long time. But I think, I think the, probably the proudest thing or the most, the thing that I, I really smile about is the implementation of the second level um, centralized hub that was part of my um, activities as global head of medical information. What I could see is that um, a lot of people in the countries for MedInfo were struggling when they would receive a very complex inquiry. They needed to be able to research the answer and provide the information back to their, their physician, a healthcare professional, um, and it could take them a long time. They'd have to look right into the research and they would need a lot of in-depth analysis. Um, and I could see that if you could centralize that process and you could have a, a set of experts that you could then refer that question to, who would really be able to access that information quickly, and that was their only job. If you could give yourself one piece of advice um, at the beginning of your career, what would it be? Wow. I think that, I suppose I didn't really know that I would become the global head. It was, it was obviously something that was, had never got in my mind. Um, but I think that I suppose it would be, it would be good to have had um, people around me that were able to, to, to sort of give me the understanding of, of what might be possible. Um, and I think that only came organically over time. I think because Bayer at the time when I joined, it was quite a um, Medinfo was small, it was just me. So I joined Bayer and I was it. So there was no one else with me. And I think if I had, could have seen that trajectory, I think I probably would have um, made, made some different decisions along the way. But I think as a package, that career has turned out, I mean, it's the best I could have, I could have hoped for the project work that I did and all of the things that led to me becoming the head of, of the Global Head. Um, has been has been great. Mm. Well, fortunately, now they will know. They will have insight. Um, it's so rare to find, you know, information on Medinfo from the inside. So, thank you so much for coming and, and chatting with us and sharing your insights. I have no doubt that it, the industry didn't just grow with you; it grew because of you. And I think Bay is incredibly lucky to have had you on board for 20 years. Thank you.
Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. You can stream all our original podcasts on Spotify, Apple Music and SoundCloud.